my health was really, really bad. Um, I had an accident that, you know, I basically gave myself osteoporosis at the age of 21. So I had brittle bones from being so unhealthy. So physically unhealthy and not taking care of myself. And that was like a bit of a kick up the arse for me. Like, you know, the doctors are in the hospital looking at me like, how is a 21 year old broken a hip? I had no period and that like I was really suffering with food and anxiety around food and was obsessed with the way that I looked so I stepped away from it with huge body dysmorphia did not see what anyone else was seeing and then that led me to trying to control my food restrict my food that I was binging as well so that was really problematic about Tia is one you're likely never to forget. From her own body image struggles and challenges to helping others with theirs, Sky has been on an incredible journey that we promise you you're not going to want to miss. This episode has everything and more, including the signs to look out for, the triggers to avoid and the solutions you've been searching for. We won't make you wait any longer. Please welcome your first guest to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on Sky. We massively, massively, massively appreciate it. And we are going to be having, we've got loads of guests lined up, haven't yes. we? But when we first said we was going to be doing some guest podcasts, um, I don't think we've told Sky yet, but Sky was the first name that came to our head, wasn't it? it? Was, it was. Like, we need to get Sky on. We need to get Sky on rapid. Thanks, so, yeah, Sky. You um, might live to regret this, but... Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not going out yet, so... <laughs> yeah, if you don't see that episode posted anywhere, I'll be like, guys, guys, where's my episode? <laughs> um, amazing. So we are going to be starting every single guest episode with the same question, aren't we? Yes. Um, and obviously this week is no different. So Sky, what does health mean to you? I love this question, you know. Um, when I did MNU, obviously the nutrition call that I did, we spoke about this at length and we spoke about it in terms of like a mantra of health but there was like six different segments to it and I found it really interesting because I think when we think about health we think about a healthy person just being someone that doesn't have a disease or an illness like that's it it's just they're not ill or they're not poorly or whatever it might be when there's like so much more to it there's like physical health obviously psychological health they're probably the two that we talk about most but then for me it's like emotional health social health intellectual health economic health and I think as a coach when you are supporting someone you have to take those things into account it's not just their physical and it's not even just their mental health so like you know for example when it comes to someone's emotional health making sure that what they're doing is actually aligned with their values because if not you're going to negatively impact their emotional health and obviously helping them to make sure they've got different tools for emotional regulation. I think sometimes we don't think about these things when we think about coaching. We just think about helping them get fitter, helping them like eat enough calories or eat enough protein. You know, things like economical health. It's like making sure that they're not spending money on unnecessary things. You're not telling them to have supplements that they can't afford. Like I've heard so many coaches and people come to me and be like, I had a big massive list of supplements and they were really expensive. And it's like, why would you do that to your clients? Like, it's not necessary. Um, so yeah, I think for me, it's all those things. It's making sure that people are empowered with their decisions. They're informed in their decisions. That's going to help their intellectual health. They're not 
you know, missing out on their life. They're not negatively impacting their social health when they come to you for their goals. So I think making sure that all pieces of this like pie are kind of nourished and maintained or improving, that is being healthy to me. Love that. And do you find that it's potentially, I know you mentioned at the beginning about the physical and the psychological being like the kind of ones that people think about most. Do you find that that's something you see a lot of other coaches do potentially focusing a little bit too much on that side of things and not really considering other aspects of health, would you say? Yeah, definitely. And like I even did it myself as a coach. I think I maybe focused on one more than the other. Um, and, you know, you, you have to help people find a way to live and behave and nourish themselves in a way that improves or maintains their health and that is not just about physical and mental that is about so much more than that and and you guys obviously live and breathe that too I've seen your content I love all the stuff that you do so um yeah I'm sure you'll you'll kind of feel that from what you see in clients as well yeah absolutely and I think it's it's one of the things that when when people come and work with us I think that's the thing that they're most shocked by it's like oh yeah look at how much we're doing here and actually there's so much more to health than, than just these two things and I think that's I suppose that's why we're touching on today's topic of, the, of the, the body image side of things as well I think that's kind of started to become a little bit more prevalent in the fitness industry and a lot more kind of fitness professionals mm-hmm. talking about that but I know it's something that you chat a lot about through your work that you do and I suppose the question is really what what was it that led you to wanting to help with, with you struggle with their body image and is it something that you've struggled with personally yeah um so I guess from my point of view um it I struggled with my body image before I helped other women um to improve theirs and mine came from I came from a background of bodybuilding so when I actually came into industry I didn't come into fitness to change the way that I look like I came into or got into you know movement and exercise from a health perspective like my health was really really bad um I had an accident that you know I basically gave myself osteoporosis at the age of 21 so I had brittle bones from being so unhealthy so physically unhealthy and not taking care of myself and that was like a bit of a kick up the arse for me like you know the doctors are in the hospital looking at me like how is a 21 year old broken a hip and I was like this isn't normal is it really um so that was like a bit of a come on sort your shit out Sky you need to start looking after yourself so that was what led me down to you know, going science to the gym, getting a bit more active, actually looking at what I was eating and making sure I was eating enough and eating well. Um, so I never came into it to change the way that I looked, really. That did happen as I started to exercise more. But the longer I was in the industry, the more conscious I became of the way that I looked because of what I was around. And then Instagram was starting to become quite popular. And then people were bodybuilding. I was like, maybe that's the natural path of what people do. They're personal trainers and then they gain muscle and then they go into bodybuilding. So then I went down that route. And bodybuilding is so heavily entrenched in the way that you look. There's no way that you're not going to come out of it with body image issues or with skewed ideas of what is normal. Because the image that a bodybuilder has is not a normal body. That is not something that's sustainable. It's not something that people don't walk around looking like that day to day. And we all know that in the bodybuilding world. We're like, we know this is for one day. The way that we look is one day, but you still can't help wanting to cling on to it because of the, all the positive reinforcement that you get. 
So I came away from bodybuilding with all this positive reinforcement of like, oh my God, like that's such dedication. You look amazing. Like no concern for my health whatsoever, but I wasn't telling anybody that, you know, I had no period and that like I was really suffering with food and anxiety around food. I was obsessed with the way that I looked. So I stepped away from it with huge body dysmorphia. Did not see what anyone else was seeing. And then that led me to trying to, control my food restrict my food that I was binging as well so that was really problematic and luckily for me like I I spotted it myself and was a bit like this isn't normal these behaviors aren't normal and I don't want to go down this road because I know that I'm potentially stepping into having an eating disorder um so I started to kind of do my own research and dig out of it like how do I change my focus um but I was kind of the only person, I felt like I was the only person going through it. No one else was speaking about it. No other girls that I competed with were, were really saying, you know, I'm really struggling with the way that I look as well. And I'm really struggling with my food. It was very much glorified. Um, so I just made a point of being like, you know what? I'm not going to glorify it. I don't want people to think this is amazing because it's not. And I don't want people to think, oh, I'm going to bodybuild because you did. Like, if you want to do it for whatever reasons you've got, but know that there's a very dark side to it. And you have to be really careful when you're stepping into that realm. So that was my journey with it um, and I stepped away from bodybuilding and went more down a performance route and a health route and obviously had a journey to put on body fat get my period back which was a massive roller coaster but obviously so so worth it because I got my health back and then I found that working with women a lot of the behaviors that they had came from what they thought about their bodies and all of the negative behaviors that they had, a lot of it was from having poor body image. So I started to think, but well, these women haven't bodybuilded. Like they haven't done what I've done. They haven't had to focus on the way they look. So why do they have such bad body image? So again, going down the rabbit hole of research and thinking, how can I help them? Where has it come from? Um, and trying to get them to understand it as well so they could pick it apart and overcome it as well. Love that. It sounds like you've been on an incredible journey as well. Um, Doesn't it? <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about it thinking like, God, that actually really happened. It seems so far away. <laughs> <laughs> that always is the case, isn't it? Everything flies at 100 miles an hour and you look back and you're like, oh yeah, that really happened. That's a genuine story. Love that. Um, it sounds like as well, you, you was incredibly self-aware in regards to knowing and noticing uh, what happened. You almost, you know, went away, did your own research. Is it, I don't use the word normal, but is it, I'm going to have to use the word normal because I can't think of another one. But is it normal that people do become that self-aware and realise that they have a negative body image? Or do you think that a lot of people can have one without actually realising? I think people can have like negative body image and it can become normal to them. They live it day in, day out. I think I have always had such a strong sense of self. And because I've never really been someone that's, you know, my confidence has never come from the way that I look. Like, I'm sure you can tell I have quite a big personality. Like, that is that is where I kind of base my worth, if you will. Like, I try to be funny or entertaining or I try to teach people stuff. Like, that gives me good satisfaction. It's never come from the way that I looked. So when I started to have these, these like, obsessive tendencies about the way that I look, I knew that it wasn't me. Like, that's not me. That's not normal for me. And I need to kind of work my way backwards from it. But if that is all you've ever known you know and I'm sure we're going to get onto this but some people grow up in households where all they talk about is dieting and the way that they look and their mum was always weighing themselves and their mum went to slimming clubs if that's all you've ever known you might not know that that's problematic mm-hmm. um so yeah I think some people do do tend to to have even like slightly disordered behaviors or 
they do things that are triggering themselves to think negatively about themselves. They have negative self-talk that they don't really call themselves out on because it, that's just their day in, day out. And again, that was a massive part of my coaching was not, it sounds horrible, but sometimes like it is like poking the bees nest. I'm like, do you realize like what you're doing? Do you realize these, these are quite problematic behaviors? And then for them to be like, oh shit, yeah. And go, right, but it's cool. Cause now that you've got that awareness, we can start to work on it. Mm. I think that's such an understated and underspoken about part of coaching in terms of when you come into getting a coach, it's that level of finding out things about yourself that you don't even realise that you're going to be helped with. And often, you know, like we've got, we've all got coaches and having a coach is phenomenal because you almost learn things that you didn't even, it wasn't one of your goals. You didn't come in for someone to say, not that you would use these words, but like, oh, you've got quite a negative body image. There aren't the reasons you got, there's so many other things that would, I guess we would yeah. go to a coach for, and when these things start to crop up, you second the bees nest and um, making things, uh, making people more aware. I guess. Um, what are the common signs? I guess that you either see, look for, hear about, or find in someone who is struggling with the body image. I think you know negative self talk is a massive one, um, and you will pick up on that with client check-ins and things that they say, even from a consultation standpoint, you can hear it in the language that they use. Um, it can be someone that is consistently checking their body, whether that's weighing or measuring or just looking in mirrors. And it can be the complete opposite of someone that will never, ever look in a mirror, never, ever weigh themselves, never, ever measure themselves. They've got complete fear of it. It can be things like just a fear of weight gain, um, you know, talking about feeling fat all the time just a preoccupation with their body preoccupation with what they're eating what they're not eating um people that you can tell place a lot of their worth on the way that they look generally just being dissatisfied having low self-esteem all of those things um you know even talk the way people talk about other people oh that's goals body goals or all that kind of thing it's like and especially when you look at what they're saying is body goals, it tends to be like these Fitspo images. And that just reinforces this thin ideal internalization that, you know, if you have a certain body, you are a better person, you are more successful, you are more well liked, um, which is obviously not true. A very unfair narrative to put on yourself. But those are the kind of things that I see with my clients. Yeah, I think, I think that's similar to the tag things that we see with our clients too. And I think something that you touched on before that I find is really interesting that a lot of the females that we tend to help grew up in that 90s diet culture that you mentioned with kind of mums and growing up doing every diet under the sun and that then becomes the normal and and I think it's difficult to detach yourself from something that does feel so normal and and remove yourself away from that I suppose it's it's thinking then about what are the the triggers that you see and have you got any advice for avoiding the triggers because we know that diet culture being a huge one um but are there any other triggers that maybe people might not have thought about or need to be looking out for yeah I think it's there's so many different things like you said that can that can be like the root cause or that could still be feeding into it um but generally it's you know social media is a big one mm. uh, I think what you consume on social media and like as much as we want to point the finger out at social media and be like oh my god all this bullshit that we see in diet culture we also have a responsibility ourselves of how much we use it how we use it 
you know, making sure we're educated. Like, of course, people edit their photos. Of course, people use Photoshop. Like, look at the type of person. Are they being paid to look a certain way or promote a certain thing? And I think diversified in your feed is really important. If you're not, then of course, you're going to be triggered. Like when I stopped bodybuilding, I just muted everyone that was bodybuilding because it was triggering me. Like, of course, I'm going to go on and see everybody else looking the way that I thought I had to look or wanted to look. Um, again, placing a lot of your, we keep saying it, but like over-evaluation of weight and shape, like placing a lot of who you are as a person, the way that you look, that can be a trigger, um, which can be really hard to undo. But that can come from childhood. That can come from a job. I've got um, clients that are ex-models, that are ex-dancers, and even coaches that have had a lot of industry pressure. So I think detaching yourself from that as well, that that is external. That's not coming from you. That's external. That's not your beliefs and your values. Um, I guess training for appearance-based reasons is a difficult one, but it does tend to worsen body image. If all you ever exercise for is to change the way that you look, it's going to leave you kind of feeling dissatisfied. Um, it's not going to be as rewarding and it tends to not stick. People don't tend to be as adherent to exercise when they're exercising purely to change their body and not to change the way they feel. So I think I've had clients come to me that have maybe even in the beginning been like, yeah, I want to do this. I want to change this. And I'm like, that's cool. But when we actually get down to the deep bottom of it and get them, you know, learning skills or performing better, they just tend to fall back in love with exercise again. And they didn't even realize that they weren't really enjoying it because it's all they've ever known. Um, and again, your language, I think language that you use towards yourself. Um, noticing that. And other people's language can be a trigger other people's conversations and that's that's more difficult sometimes than your own self-talk because you can't control what the people say but I think you can control how you engage with it and I think setting some boundaries with other people if their conversations and what they say triggers you a lot um because if you don't set that boundary they're not going to stop they're not going to understand that you don't want to talk about that or you're not interested um so yeah I think childhood can be a massive trigger but you know it's then understanding what it was from childhood and unpicking that now social media how you use it who you follow um why you move and eat the way that you do changing the reasons why you know stop doing things to change the way that you look and do it to change the way that you feel and to feel and perform and to move better will remove that trigger um yeah those are the main things i think I think it's really interesting when you say that we've got our own personal responsibility for it. I think often with things like this, we can all point the finger, like you said, social media needs to change, this needs to happen, that needs to happen. But to say, I think it's really, really interesting to say we've got our own personal responsibility. So on that note, if there are some people listening right now who have either had their thoughts confirmed based on what um, we've spoken about that you know body image is something that they are struggling with or maybe they've listened and gone oh my god I didn't even realize but now I do what advice would you give for them are there things that they you know you would advise that you could go and do straight away and are there things that you would potentially the opposite would you advise that they don't do that you think could potentially be incredibly damaging um I think we've mentioned some that like is quite damaging I think if you realize that you know getting on scales every morning is making you feel like crap don't do that if measuring yourself is making you feel like crap or making you then if measuring yourself and weighing yourself changes the course of your actions based on what the outcome is don't do it 
Like how many times have people got up in the morning and thought, I feel great today. I reckon I'm going to jump on the scales. The scales doesn't reflect how they feel. It's not what they expected or it's gone up slightly for whatever reason, which is not a bad thing, even if it's weight gain. Instantly their mood has changed and their actions have changed for that day. That is problematic. So if you recognize that, don't do that. I think recognizing your triggers and trying to avoid them, you can't always avoid them, but you can try and not put yourself in that situation. For instance, if you know there's somebody on social media that just triggers you all the time to feel crap about yourself, maybe just mute them for a little bit. You know, diversify your feed. Find people that maybe look more similar to you or just lots of different body shapes and lots of different people, um, you know, doing lots of different exercise. Don't flood your feed with CrossFitters or bodybuilders or ballet dancers or whatever. It's like get lots of different people. Um, because you you end up in like this little this little space of people that you think is the world and it's not and you're like ah oh, I'm the odd one out in this little space I'm the one that's not good enough whereas that's obviously not the case mm-hmm. um and recognizing your own language and your own self-talk is a big one and trying to stop it call yourself out on it almost um and, and this is a funny one as well because some like body positive people will be like just stand in the mirror and tell you tell yourself you love yourself like look and be like oh my god girl killing it if you don't feel like that you're gonna feel like a bit of a numpty <laughs> looking in the mirror and being like oh you look so good like that's not realistic but we can replace a negative thought about ourselves with a positive one it doesn't have to be anything to do with the way that we look mm-hmm like oh my god you're such whatever negative thing goes into your head and then be like "Mm, I'm just gonna remove that and put in you know what you're a really good coach you really care about what you do you're a really good friend you know you love being a mom whatever it is um or it might be you know what your hair looks amazing it might be something to do with your appearance but just replace it with a positive thing or just like gratitude and we know that like meditation and mindfulness and gratitude can really help um, cultivate better positive body image because you are just generally cultivating more positive outlooks about things and instead of focusing on what you lack you focus on what you have and be thankful for that so I'm I kind of used to be the person that was like that is so airy-fairy meditating mindfulness now I'm like okay it's not it's not what people think um, and if you're not someone that thinks that you can meditate, you can definitely have mindful moments. You can definitely practice gratitude. And I think having that in maybe parts of your day or your week can really help. Um, yeah, there's some of the, the main things. I think diversifying, diversifying your social media is a big one. I think also educating yourself on the way that people use social media. Like, I think, you know, through working with um, Dan and Ben and Heck, and, you know, having then being around some people that we would call you know influencers that have a big following that have a bit of responsibility to look a certain way and put certain things out you start to see that it's all smoke and mirrors mm. you start to realize that it, social media is not real <laughs> and people will put out what they put out and even when they say they're being real there's an element of like it's staged real and, and, and that's even okay sometimes but I think the more you can educate yourself about the way that people use social media the more you can be like you can then appreciate it as just like what it is. It's entertainment. It's a bit of a show. It's like, oh, that's cool. Um, rather than being like, oh my God, I don't have a life like that. I don't look like that. I don't dress like that. Um, and yeah, I think gratitude's a massive one. 
because um, that's so simple it's not airy-fairy you don't have to sit and you know people think about meditating they got sitting in a room with loads of like incense burning and stuff it takes five minutes at the end of your day to make a list of five things that you're grateful for that are nothing to do with the way that you look and it just ends your day on a positive note or you might do it at the start of the day and it starts your day on a positive note um the way you use social media the way you talk to yourself all these things are things that you can start to really work on they don't cost anything so yeah I think they would be good places to start I love that and do you know what really I think you talking about diversifying your feed was a huge one for me kind of throughout my journey like when I was was working on my relationship with my body food all that kind of stuff I was following tons of like fit sport type people um because I was really starting to understand the gym and getting into that and at first they were really inspiring a positive influence on me because I was like oh yeah but then really slowly I, I realized that, that my whole feed was just shredded people um big bums uh in the gym constantly posting what they were eating all the time posting that they were training all the time and at the time I was struggling with stress still in teaching struggling with emotional eating and actually it was really affecting my relationship with myself and food because like you said I was seeing these unrealistic unrealistic expectations and I think one thing when I said when I came into coaching is I wanted to try and give people that more realistic view so like the good and the bad side of it because I think it is it is huge and one more thing that I just want to touch on because I feel like there'll be a lot of people um, thinking about this because I know I've had this conversation with uh, several clients so you touched on the idea of kind of weighing and taking pictures and things like that potentially being triggering for body image now if there's someone who has a goal of weight loss what would you say to someone who's been triggered by these kind of tracking methods but is wanting to lose weight what what would kind of your advice be on that one it's um it's an interesting one because everyone's going to be different with this like some people will have to literally go cold turkey and not weigh themselves Mm -hmm. um and I guess anything that you're doing with all of this is you have to come at it from a curious angle just being curious about how it's going to impact you instead of this fear-based anxiety like if I don't weigh myself how will I know what I weigh and then it'll all go to shit like nothing bad will happen let's just try it for a week let's try not weighing for a week and see how you feel at the end of it yeah see how your mood has changed see how your day-to-day actions have, have changed when you're not being dictated by the scale you're being dictated by what do I actually want to do today what do I actually want to eat like what do I actually want to move like um so I think sometimes that that you know there's small steps of let's just try not weighing ourselves every day let's just try not weighing ourselves for this week and see how we feel because until you start to feel the difference, you're not going to want to do it. So it's like graded exposure to it, just like reducing the frequency of looking in the mirror or measuring yourself. Um, I think a big one as well that we've not really touched on is old clothes that don't fit you. You know, you're not supposed to fit into clothes. Clothes are supposed to fit you. And I think we just we just forget that. Like you wouldn't go in a shoe shop and trying a size four when you're a size five and then go right I'm gonna have to cut some toes off because I don't fit. <laughs> like, I'm not having this what a disgusting person I am what size five feet no you just wouldn't do it but yet you know if you went into a shop and you're a size four but the size six fit really nice you'd be like mint I love them but there's size six but it's okay we don't do that with clothes and I don't know why like I've got clothes that are like four sizes difference because I'm like that fits nice on me and it fits onto my body I'm not bothered what the number says 
Um, so I think if you're the type of person that's like making yourself feel like shit because you're not fitting into old clothes or you have this idea in your head of what size you want to be, you need to let that go. Um, that's a big thing. Um, whether that's chucking the clothes out or just accepting that different sizes in different shops and just trying something on so that it makes you feel nice. Not that it like, you know, some gratification of, oh, I'm in a size 12, like so. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's really interesting that one as well because I actually had a conversation with a client about that recently and she was she was really struggling with her body image and what we pinned it down to is that every single morning she was putting clothes on that felt uncomfortable. So all day she was being reminded of the fact that she, in, in those clothes in her body, so she was constantly thinking about her body and checking herself and, and, and thinking about it. And I, I think I love the, the, the shoe size analogy. I think that's incredible like you really go you wouldn't do that would you like, why would you do that why do we do it close I love that I ordered two skirts exact same size just a different colour from the same shop ASOS and they were quite literally a good inch and a half would you say difference between the same size same well, one, skirt one was too big and yeah. the other pair you couldn't I get that shit it was ridiculous it's, it's mental isn't it yeah yeah mental so, um but yeah but so sorry going back to it I think there are loads of other ways you can measure it. I think when we get down to it you know if you're losing weight you can tell like clothes fit differently you feel different um and if you know that what you need to do to elicit fat loss you've been doing day in day out and you're quite confident in your process whether you're getting supported or not we don't need the scales to reaffirm that I think sometimes we almost we're almost wanting to like prove that we're failing ourselves by by getting on the scales it's like that whole slimming club mentality you get on on a monday and you're like oh i've gained i knew this would happen i can't do it fear of failure self-sabotage all that i think you need to really ask yourself like do you need the scales you don't need the scales to tell you that you're losing weight and mm -hmm. um, and sometimes is that really the most important thing that the scales are moving or do you actually feel better because if you were feeling worse and the scales were going down would that be a good thing yeah mm, that's so true it's yeah a very good point it is i think that it's for me it's such an interesting topic and i think a lot of the the, the females that we tend to work with are if they've come from our page are probably listening to this and thinking yeah this is all really resonating with me <laughs> it can feel it can feel a little bit overwhelming and and i know i felt overwhelmed like even i think i suppose what i'm getting at is um don't I feel like there's this need potentially for the the kind of mentality around this is the, the need to then go away and try and change all of these things all at once and I think the thing that is really important for me and I don't know if you agree with this guy is is this idea that actually we're never going to not have body image days regardless of how much we work on this we always mm -hmm. are going to have these days and it's just about reducing the amount of days that these type of things happen would you agree with that completely I think I, I think I even put this in a post somewhere it's not about never having bad body image days it's that you don't always feel the need to act when you have them and it's also that like you said Jen they get less frequent and you know these invasive thoughts that you have they go quicker you don't hook into them and that's a I think my friend Chloe Chloe Seaman she did a talk in my group once my clients and she said you need to think about these thoughts as like hooks and you're not hooking into them because if you hook into them they're going to stay they're going to stay for longer you need to kind of avoid them almost like be like nope nope not today 
and I said this to all my clients yesterday, I said, if you think about these thoughts as visitors, they're just visiting and they're going to leave. But the more you entertain them, the longer they're going to stay. Yeah. So you're just trying to just think, right, yep, these visitors are back. I'll just ignore them. They will pass. And they always do. And generally there's a reason why, you know, sometimes it can come with PMS. We know that body image is worse around yes. our period. Um, it might be that, you know, you've just eaten a little bit more. You just feel a little bit like lethargic and bloated. Then that can change your perception when you're looking at yourself in the mirror. I mean, when we think about body image, people think it's about the way that you look. It's not. It's about your thoughts about the way that you look. Yes. Yeah. It's your perception. It's not your actual image. It's how you think about it. So you're dead right, Jen. It's not about never having bad body image days. You're going to have them. It's that you won't always feel the need to go and act on them. You won't have a bad body image day, go and weigh yourself and then restrict your food all day because you feel like crap. You'll have a bad body image day and go, right, my normal pattern of behavior is this. So what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to get on the scales. What I am going to do is I'm going to nourish myself with meals that I like and I'm going to move in a way that I like because I respect myself. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. And you hit the nail on the head there about that perception. And I think that's really, really important point that actually because it is the perception of how we look, that can be changed. Our body image can be changed regardless of the fact whether the scales change or not. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really important fact as well. That's, that's a lot of where my body dysmorphia came from. And that's what body dysmorphia is. You can change your body and your body image does not change. Yeah. You can change your body image without changing your body. And that's like, as much as that's like, oh my God. So you're telling me if I lose weight, I might not change the way I think. But on the flip side, what I'm telling you is you can change the way you think without having to, you know, fight yourself so much to change your body. Mm. I think it's really interesting you in terms of the male perspective, because we had a discussion the other day, you saw a picture of yourself a while back, didn't you? Mm. And you were kind of shocked at what you look like and, and how you felt and how that matched up. Like didn't match up in your head. You you were saying, weren't you? Yeah, it was really. Well, I had her for a start. So that was the first <laughs> weird thing to know. Like, Who's that guy? He's not bald. He looks great. <laughs> yeah. But I do remember thinking at the time, like, I just need to get that a little bit bigger. If I just, put, oh, I know this might um, go off on a slight tangent in terms of the direction, but it was like, if I just put an extra kilo, or just a bit more muscle, or just a bit more, yeah. just a little bit bigger, then everything will be great, and everything will align, and everything will be brilliant. And then I look back, and I'm like. I'm literally not even close to the way that I used to look. Mm. And I think that's absolute proof that that wasn't what was making me happy because I was definitely not happy at happy. No, because when you were absolutely, you were working like really long hours, Mm. like burning yourself out, like, yeah, yeah, you, you couldn't see what your body looked like because you were kind of not showing it that respect yeah and mine came from that level of well I need to get bigger because if I don't get bigger then no one's going to trust me as a coach yeah. so like, a better body people are going to be like that guy knows what he's talking about yeah. and in reality I didn't have a clue what I was talking about because I couldn't string a sentence together it was, all <laughs> very neat. It was ridiculous <laughs> so yeah it was really weird looking back and going like I do not remember looking like that but yeah. that is nothing like how I look right now yeah and that's, and that's the interesting thing isn't it like a lot a lot of what I do now is I'm, I will post these pictures and I if you'd have read the captions I was posting these pictures you'd think my life was absolutely topsy-turvy everyone's <laughs> buzzing inside I was like I am freezing I can't sleep because I'm uncomfortable because I can feel my bones my partner at the time was about to break up with me because I was so boring and obsessed with just going to the gym and not doing anything no one puts that up and it's so funny when you look at someone you don't think about the context of how they're living and even like looking at Fitzbo 
you know, a lot of bits, though, if you went and asked them about their behaviours and what they did, they'd probably score quite highly on, like, disordered eating scales and, you know, their behaviours aren't that normal. Um, and you wouldn't do the things that they do for the body they've got, but yet you will look at them and go, oh, golds. But if you if you saw their life and how they lived separate to their body, and I went, you have that life? Does that sound good? You won't go, goals. You'd be like, no, thanks. Right, Sky, favourite part of the podcast for us? It's the on-the-spot question. For anyone who's a regular podcast listener, you know that we do this every single week. Um, we either get someone to send one in to us that uh, we ask each other and we neither of us, whoever's asking the question knows the question, but the other person doesn't. Myself and Phil have now just taken on the role of doing it to each other, so no doubt the questions are going to get um, <laughs> a little bit more. Why didn't you do the washing up? The <laughs> so that's not on the spot, Jen. Who is taking out. the bit out tonight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just domestics every week on the yeah. podcast. Um, but we are bringing it um, into our guest podcast as well. Um, so while Sky's our first one, we have come up with a question, but Sky is going to leave a question for our next guest, so that's going to be exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Sky, your question. Would you rather everyone you know to be able to read your thoughts or everyone you know to be able to access your internet history? (laughs) I think my internet history is probably safer than my thoughts. (laughs) And I don't think people would be shocked at my internet history. I'm quite open. (laughs) I think I might lose some friends if they could hear my thoughts. If you want an insight into what Sky's internet history is like, maybe go follow it on Instagram. (laughs) If I get hacked two days after this. (laughs) (laughs) So um, everyone accessing your internet history and not your thoughts. Yeah, that'll do, thanks. Sorry, we're not going to start. It's not going to happen. Like, well, okay. <laughs> do you have that power? Please don't. <laughs> Imagine. Imagine. Yeah. Twisted yeah. events we have for the podcast. Yeah, actually, we are reading your thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I am like that vocal sometimes. I'll think something, it'll come out of my mouth. So it's not really a superpower for anyone else because you can generally know what I'm thinking because I've said it before. <laughs> before it's even registered in my head. I'm like, right sky thank you so much we genuinely appreciate you so much coming on for the first guest podcast number one because being sensational number two because it could have gone so wrong because we didn't know what we're doing (laughs) so thank you for bearing with us and everything going so well before uh, we let you go where can people find you so instagram is probably the best place so it's at and it's sky sky full stop elizabeth full stop coaching yeah you'll find me there thank you so much for having me on no worries make sure you uh, go and hit subscribe so you don't miss our next guest episode and sky's question for our guest um, and i'm both excited and a little bit worried about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to leave us a little review either please do other than that we'll catch you soon yeah, yeah. bye, bye.